Welcome to High Crimes and Misdemeanors. I'm Allie. And I'm Christine. And welcome to episode 12. 12. Oh my god. We're almost a preteen. That's so exciting. Right? <sighs> so how was your week so far? So long. So long. Everything's very timey-wimey right now. And everything just feels... Blurry? Blurry and long. Which is crazy because I had a long weekend. I had this super long weekend. It was mm-hmm. like Memorial Day stuff at work. Had good time off. Today was no, not today. That was yesterday. Yesterday was my first day back, and it was the longest day. I worked thirteen hours. I went from like Ouch. no work to thirteen hours of work. That's, that's a lot. Is whiplash? Yeah, work whiplash. So it feels like it should be Friday, but it's it's not. It's not Friday. At this point, I just feel like so under the rock. I don't know if I'll ever be able to climb out from under it. Yeah. Like all of my days blur together. I'm just always at work or eating or sleeping. That's mm-hmm. just. That's it. Yeah. That seems to be quarantine life right now. Yeah. We're um, at 15 months now. Jesus. That's so long. And the news has just been heartbreaking. And everybody's reactions to it have been infuriating. Yeah. And it's a it's a lot. It's been it's been a heavy week. However, there was one silver lining to this week. Yeah. I get to wish you happy pride. Yes. Happy pride to you as well. Happy pride, everybody. It's time of the year where we get to be loud and queer and colorful. And I just, I love this month. Yeah. Which makes me think that we should probably do our disclaimers since I was just very gay in like a a quick minute. Oh, no. Okay. Well, disclaimers, we're both, we're both the queers. Um... We, we're LGBT plus all of that. Um, we're very left, incredibly left. So left, it hurts. Cuss a lot. Yes, we swear. We're also pretty dark humored, and it's it's never us laughing at the victim. Like we recognize that these are the worst moments in in families and communities' lives. Um, however. <laughs> We both have lots of trauma that we've learned to cope with by making jokes about it. And we can find the funniest things in the worst moments. And criminals are fucking stupid. There's always something dumb. Whether they're the most famous serial killer you can think of or just a random robbery gone wrong. There's something funny for everyone. And so if you're not for that, if you're looking for like very specific intact like true crime cases um there's so many great options and and speaking of i'm betting they're going to be a whole lot more sober than we are because this is high crimes and misdemeanors we're in a legal state and we are medicated yeah that name was intentional (laughs) (laughs) in case you're new here in case you haven't been with us for the last 11 episodes it's not the major focus, if you're here for true crime, stay for the true crime. You can ignore the cannabis of it all. Um, but if it's something you can't get over, I would kindly tell you to fuck off. Yeah. Not there, not your place. There are plenty of others that There's are. so many good podcasts. That's how we got started, by right. listening to other podcasts. Party. So, yeah. anywho, are you watching anything good? Beavis and Butthead. Oh my god. Amazing. Yeah, we, we got the Paramount Plus, and so we got Beavis and Butthead, and all I the Nickelodeon. The uh, what about you? Um, I 
You walked in as I started The Birdcage. Yes. And I'm so excited. I realize that this movie has probably not aged well because it was the 90s. It was the 90s. But there's just something that's like so beautifully iconic, even if it's straight men playing gay men, which hopefully in 2021 is not happening nearly as often. But it just, it feels it's like... Robin Williams. It's it's like my queer comfort movie. Yeah. It's just, it's deeply ingrained, and I miss Robin so, so much. much. So much. Like, what a fucking star. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, Robin brought me, or brought my brain, my neurodivergent brain, over to Bo Burnham's new special Christine I'm gonna do that when I'm a little more mentally stable Christine it's so good though like I was watching it and it was I'm like this is his best work like this is the best he's done it's raw and it's dark and being stable is probably a good bet (laughs) Um, PMDD and emotions are bad but like it's just so good. Like he oh, opens he's so brilliant. He's brilliant. He's always been brilliant. He's like a grown man now, which was weird for me to watch and like recognize that he's 30. Um that felt aging to me. Yeah, I, I feel triggered. <laughs> I'm super triggered about it. <laughs> but anywho, it was brilliant. Like his first opening scene, he's like open up, daddy made you content. Like, that was in the song, and it was just, on that note, I was like, I'm in it. I'm here. <laughs> you got me again, Bo. Thank you. So, watch it. When you're ready, watch it. Everybody, mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah. Art. It was art. Oh, I love him. Um, speaking of really fun, comedic performances that could be considered art, possibly... We have a guest star. We've got a guest star joining us in the second half. Um, and it is going to be a fun ride. Friends of the podcast, you'll know this guest star. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really excited. So we're going to take a minute to prepare before our guest star joins us. Right. So the room can air out a bit. Yes, very much air. And then we'll be back for your story because it's an even episode. Square AF. That's me. Which means that I'm going to be speaking when the edible kicks in. (laughs) Fuck. We always do this. I always do this. All right. We'll be back. Welcome back to episode 12. I'm Christine. I'm still Allie. And we have our special guest star today. She is very small, very feral raccoon child, very Fiona. Say hello to our guest, Fiona. Hello! Hello, loin fruit. Are you excited to be here today? I am very excited. Yeah? But, and this is nothing new to you. You're a true crime pro, right? What have you been raised on? I've been raised on Forensic Files and horror movies! Yes, right? you have. So no child authority calling, please! <laughs> She's fine. She's, She's gonna fine. be fine. Yeah. Well, Miss Fiona, I'm gonna tell you the story of Miss Heather Mack. Heather is the, <clears throat> excuse me, the daughter of James Mack and Sheila Von Weiss Mack. She hyphenated her name, but we're just gonna call her Sheila. Um, 
and James was a fairly famed jazz composer, did really well for himself, had good money. I always love good money. Good money. He's bona fide, mama. Yes. Heather's relationship with her mother is a really strained one. They don't get along super well. She's very much a daddy's girl. Unfortunately, James died when Heather was just 10 years old. Um, He had terminal cancer, but he actually died of pulmonary embolism while they were on vacation in Greece. It was very sad. Pulmonary embolism. It's when a blood clot goes from somewhere in your body, like in your leg somewhere usually, and it travels up into your lungs and it stops your body from getting oxygen and it kills you. So it's fatal and unfortunately he passed and Heather and her mother did not get along well after that. Their relationship was very volatile. That doesn't resonate at all. No. No. Mm Well, there's there's gonna be. There sure is. So, friends are, are telling Sheila to kick Heather out by the time she's a teenager. Like, she has just been a problem this whole time. But Sheila's holding out hope that she can reach her daughter and repair things. Police records actually show that between the years of 2004 and 2013, the police were called to that house 86 times. That's so much. That's so much. That's like getting fined a number of calls. I forgot how how many times? 86. In how long of a time period? Nine years. That's a lot. Like, 86 times since you've been alive, somebody's called the cops on you. Like, for, for Sheila's family? No, for just between Sheila, Sheila and her daughter, Heather. Just the mom and the daughter Just fighting. the mom and the daughter. Like, if, if you and mommy were fighting and you called the police on each other all the time, because that's what Sheila and Heather did. Right. But by the time um, Heather is about 18, she meets a boy. This never goes well in the true crime industry. <laughs> never goes well. It usually ends up with the girl dying. I mean, I love you so freaking much right now. You're 100% right. We know where this is going to go. Christine. You're absolutely right. Do you want to tell us how right Fiona is? So, so good. Tommy, who is dating this 17, 18-year-old girl, Uh is a 22-year-old rapper. Oh, sorry. I said groomer. You You said rapper. rapper. Same thing. My bad. I apologize. Uh, who is recovering from the death of his former girlfriend, Rachel, who was also from an affluent family. He was a Columbia University dropout. Like, he just, he landed in affluent circles, but he and Heather, who is quite the problem child, are partying on Sheila's stolen credit cards. Oh, no. Yeah, that's bad. Yep. That's bad. Um, but Sheila is, is trying really hard to, to reconnect with her daughter. Her daughter's now an adult has moved out and is now staying in a hotel. Uh, so she plans this vacation for her and her daughter. So did she buy a hotel room forever? No. No. The The little girl, Heather, the daughter, had a lot of money of her own because she came from a rich family. So she just went and, like, I'm going to stay at a hotel for a week. Oh, that, that like, that I would come to, like, two months in her hotel. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes people they do, do it. that. People Sometimes do they it. do that. But she had the money to do it. Yeah. 
So she moved out into a hotel room, but yes, you're right. She was staying in a hotel room permanently. <clears throat> but Sheila plans this mother-daughter vacation to Bali. We're talking $10,000 a person trip Jesus. to Bali. So $10, I love you. I love you, but that's so much money. Yeah, we can be like, I love you, but I will not pay for that. No. This is how you can tell that we come from... Humble beginnings. Humble beginnings, yes. We don't yes. come from a famous jazz musician. So, yes. <clears throat> they go on a mother-daughter vacation to Bali, Indonesia. So, at first it was going well. She believed she was finally getting through to her daughter, Heather. But soon things took a turn from the worse. Sheila actually emailed a friend of hers and said, I'm more frightened than ever. I'll keep in touch. Sheila's body was found four days later in a suitcase. Jesus. In a suit. Oh, I'm not going to ask any questions. You're fine, Fiona. What was your question, babe? Was she slaughtered into pieces, or did they just kind of bend the body in a way the body isn't supposed to be bended like a contortion? It's going to be the second one of those. They did not dismember the body. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If if this person that killed her is listening, you are a maniac. Mm -hmm. What was that? That's some crazy stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to backtrack a little bit. So, while they're on vacation, the day before the murder, um, Heather disappears. She's on vacation with her mom, and all of a sudden, like, they were hanging out, everything was fine, and she's gone. So, Sheila gets worried, and she goes down to the hotel staff, and she's like, my teenage daughter is missing. Right. Um, I, I need some help. Mm-hmm. And uh, no sooner does she do that than... Heather walks back in with Tommy. Tommy has shown up in Indonesia uninvited. Wow, that's intense. So So Sheila's like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. How did he get here? Like, this was a mother-daughter vacation. Why is your boyfriend here? Your age-inappropriate boyfriend here on our mother-daughter vacation that I spent $20,000 on. And she goes, I put it on your credit card. Oh, oh, don't ever do that, Fiona. Never, Mommy. Never. Don't even think about it. I swear to God. I wouldn't even think about it. Right? That's just... But that says a lot that she's just a rich girl that's, like, used to having everything handed to her. Yeah. It's privilege. If if she's gonna do that, use your own money from your rich daddy. Right. That's true. So, Heather would later claim that Mom knew about Tommy coming to Indonesia, but the hotel staff is like, no, we very clearly could tell that that's not... She was surprised. Everyone was, she was very surprised. Yeah. Um, so, there's another layer to this. Supposedly, when they admitted to killing Sheila, they did so in self-defense because they broke the news that Heather was expecting Tommy's baby. And that she then... Was 17-year-old pregnant. Yeah. Um, like, I believe she's 18 at this point. But, okay. Um, but, but yes, pregnant, teenager, obviously not able to care for herself because of all the turmoil that's been going on. Right. So they claim that mom flips out. Understandably. Goes on a racist tirade Uh-oh. because Tommy is of color. Okay, that's not great. But here's the kicker. So was famed jazz musician James Mack. 
Heather's black father. So I'm I'm going to call bullshit on Sheila, who was married to a black man and raising a biracial daughter, going on a tirade and I mean, saying there's... horrible things. Racism exists in any situation. It seems on. Um, it seems more like a uh, story one would make up after. It, it it was to justify right decisions. So they claim that Sheila uh huh flipped out, said all of these things, then grabbed a knife and threatened to cut the baby out of Heather. The what the heck is happening? And that is exactly the reaction that Sheila's sister had when they described that. She's like, no, that's not at all my, like... That would never have happened. That would never have happened. Right. It did happen, though. But it didn't. But it didn't. Um, so, either way. So, she completely loses her mind, threatens Heather, and then chokes Tommy. Allegedly. Allegedly. Chokes Tommy. So he grabs a metal fruit bowl off the counter to defend himself. To defend himself and beats her to death with a metal bowl. <coughs> now Heather's stories that when the kerfuffle started, what's a kerfuffle? The kerfuffle, like <laughs> the fight ensued. The kerfuffle. So the kerfuffle starts. And the kerfuffle starts, and Heather goes into the bathroom and hides and just keeps herself safe because poor small Heather. Um, and then comes out, tries to resuscitate her mother, and then, and this is, this is the most beautiful dramatic scene that she tells, that she tried to resuscitate her, and then she gave her dead mother one last hug, and and got blood all over her Victoria's secret t-shirt that said Angel on it. And scene. Right? (laughs) So... Her boyfriend, allegedly, is defending himself against a 62-year-old woman. Against a 62-year-old woman with a metal bowl. Instead of staying to either protect her boyfriend, who's being threatened, and or defend her mother, who's being bludgeoned, Heather's story is that she hides in the bathroom. Yes. And that... Did he say how many times he hit her with a bowl? No, no. So it's it's my understanding, right? Right. That self-defense would be like maybe a, a one or two blow type of situation. Yeah. We'll get into more details later. This was not a one or two blow situation. I would imagine not because it's a metal bowl. And her body was found then in a suitcase. I'm- yeah. I mean, you don't... if. It's self-defense. You don't need to hide her in a fucking suitcase. Um, to be honest, I am surprised she got smacked to death with a fruit bowl. Yeah. That is not a murder weapon. That is just something that, oh, I want a banana. Right. It is an undignified way to go. And it doesn't seem believable. You're 100% right. (laughs) And it doesn't seem believable that the mother would try to cut open the child... Her, her child's stomach to get the baby out. Yeah. That's... Exactly. That's a C-section. That's not even a C-section. That's just dark. It's brutality. But you're 100% onto it. It's not likely. And this is this is exactly the, the holes are blown in this story immediately because Sheila already knew that Heather was pregnant, had talked to people back at home before she went on this vacation. 
right. about how one of the primary motives for her booking this vacation was to repair the relationship so she could see her granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. So, no, they didn't drop the news and have her react violently because she already knew, she knew, right? I have a feeling Heather, that who like that her boyfriend and Heather planned this. I, I, planned I think this. you're right. Because, and I, because if the mother knew that she was pregnant, she wouldn't, like, she tried to fix things so she could see her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't try to cut the baby out of her stomach. Another great point. Like, she wouldn't have done that. So I'm guessing this was planned. I, and she... I think you're right. Let's wait and see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after uh, killing her with a fruit bowl, Right. The next couple of hours, security footage shows the couple going back and forth. Heather goes down and gets duct tape from the front desk. Okay. And uh, gets a luggage rack. And they wheel those both back into the room. That's a quick way to move a body. It is. Yeah. So as they go to leave, they wouldn't let anybody in the hotel handle their bags. And this is a really ritzy place in Indonesia that's used to really affluent, entitled tourists. Right. And now you have somebody who won't let you touch your bag. Mm-hmm. Okay. Weird. Yeah. But she's telling everybody this bag is so fragile. This bag is so fragile. So they go to they go to leave. And they get in a taxi, and somebody from the hotel stops them. And they're like, wait, 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 you have to settle your bill before you go. Yeah. So they get back out, and they go they go back to the front desk, and their luggage is still in the living, the uh, the lobby, with everyone in the hotel lobby. Mm-hmm. Like, this is in public. And they say, okay, well, I'm going to, I'll be right back, and we're going to finish that up. I'm going to leave my luggage right here, so you know I'm coming right, right back. back. They didn't come right back. Security <laughs> footage saw them scaling a fence around back and catching a taxi across the street. So they they just left they left the body right in the main lobby right. But this is after one of the times that one of the hotel staff had offered to take care of the bags. They noticed blood on the thing. Yeah, because it's a body. Because it's a body. This is more of like this is really more of a bone thing. <laughs> Don't be suspicious. suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> but you're being suspicious. Like, you in don't a hotel, leave your luggage. Yeah. In right. a hotel, you don't leave your luggage. And if, like, there are people that will take care of your luggage for you. And it's suspicious if you don't let them do that because you are paying them to do that mm-hmm. for you. Well, and also, it's not a smart move because you're running out on the bill. Like, they're going to open that luggage. So they either genuinely did not care if they got caught, or they're some stupid rich kids. But after, so one of the hotel clerks is like, you've got some blood on your suitcase. She's like, that's just makeup. Don't worry about it. It's it's fine. It was just lipstick. I spilled a whole bunch of liquid lipstick everywhere. I mean, it's nothing. But they went, oh, okay, fine. So... Heather and Tommy book it out back, and they go get a budget motel down the street. Uh-huh. They're pieced out. So Hotel Grounds later finds two suitcases full of bloody towels, and the bag in the lobby has started leaking. Yeah. I mean, that will happen. So the two brain, brain trusts are, are then arrested the next morning. Yeah, they didn't even try to cover anything. No. And this is what they said. They claimed that they were kidnapped by an armed gang. 
the gang had killed Sheila and had told them that if they didn't go along with their plan, that they were toast too. That escalated quickly. Yep. And then the police checked all of the CCTV in the hotel and was like, yeah, no. None of that's true. None of that's true. None of that's true. None of it at all. So it's a believable story. But doesn't match the evidence of what they did or anybody else's witness accounts. Right. Like, that's the thing. Like, they knew people saw them, and they still made up stupid lies. It's a big picture. That's pretty stupid. That's called gaslighting. <laughs> yes, it, yes is, it is, baby. Yep. So, Tommy is sentenced to 18 years. Heather is sentenced to 10 oh. years. In Indonesia, I can't, I, I don't know. Indonesia is lighter on crime? Yeah. Somehow, Heather got less because she didn't actually do the killing blow. And because Tommy admitted to it, and... Uh, but in self-defense. Right. Like, they they got rid of that immediately. As soon as they were called out, they're like, yeah, no, I, I killed her. Right. Um, okay. Heather told me to kill her, and I did. So I did the thing. Yeah. But she only um, got ten years for She only got ten years. And, um, uh, according to Indonesia laws, um, she was actually allowed to have her baby. Yeah. And raise it for the first two years of its life. In prison. In, in prison. Yeah. And then she was able to transfer care over to a friend of hers outside. Tommy's family has tried to get the baby, but because the baby was born in Indonesia... It's Indonesian. It's Indonesian, even though it's born to American parents, so it is also American. But there's jurisdictional laws. The baby's name is Stella. She's freaking cute as hell. Ooh, this feels like Elyon. Elian Gonzalez mm, from oh, back in the day, yeah. that weird immigration situation. Yeah. In interviews since this has happened. Now, time has passed. This happened back in 2014. So you were only two years old when yeah. this happened. <clears throat> yeah. So if Stella is two years older than you, I mean, she's about 11 or 12 now. Yeah. Um, Are her parents out of Indonesia? Indonesia. Not yet, but her mom is actually scheduled to be released later this year um, on good behavior. Now, Heather's accounts and things that she has said and done while she has been in prison have been bonkers. She has claimed that her relationship with Sheila has was super abusive because Sheila was an alcoholic and a drug addict. Ooh. She says that her mom burned her with cigarettes or left scars on her with her nails. She set her hair on fire. She said it may have looked like I was rebelling when I was a teenager. I was hanging out with gang members and missing school, but it wasn't like that. My mom would drink heavily at night and once she was drunk, start fighting with me because I'd hide her car keys to stop her going for a drive to get more booze. If I fell asleep early, she'd fall down the staircase, so I rarely got to bed before five or six in the morning. At school, they thought I was just a spoiled rich kid who was partying until dawn, but they had no idea I was being chased around the house all night by my mother with a kitchen knife. However, Heather has said so many things that aren't true that this one is hard. But Tommy, who has since said that he thinks Heather is a big problem, he's what she refers to as a black hole. He says, I'm guilty of murder and that's why I'm here. I did what I did along with Heather, but my reasons for killing Sheila were different to hers. Right. 
she had an objective and I was emotionally tagged along. I was emotionally tricked. He talks about the mind games that she put him through and that his girlfriend just dying before he gets involved with this very mentally unstable girl. Yeah. Really found him in a loop. I mean, he would have been vulnerable. He was. But he does substantiate some of Heather's claims of abuse in the home. Mm -hmm. Police don't get called 86 times to a house. Right, without some someone abusing. Someone. Whether the abuse was just verbal or physical, it was more than just verbal. One of these uh, instances left Sheila, the mom, with a broken arm. A lot of the the cases were hang-ups where they still had to go investigate. So either way, these two people were left alone grieving the loss. And Heather somehow got it into her head that Sheila was responsible for her dad's death. She then put out a video in 2017 saying that the reason she killed her mother was because she believed that her mother killed her father in a hotel room in Greece. So this, I I almost bought the abuse story, but like the story has changed at this point. It changes like five or six times. And in 2017, Heather then claimed that she did everything, that Tommy was completely innocent, that she was framing him and blackmailing him, that she set him up. She would do these messages on his phone and then delete it so he wouldn't know. That she told him that if he didn't help her clean up this murder, she was going to make sure he got the death penalty. Like, and he's like, no, like I came clean. Like we I both, did, like we, I did my we part. We all did this, but it's been really weird and unstable for that's, Heather. That's a lot of changing the story. That's a lot. So what do you think? Uh, I just have one question. Sure. If she's in jail, then how did she make a video? That's a good question. That is a good question. So, I'm glad you don't know about this, because this means you would know about the prison system. Right. And you're nine. You don't need to know about the prison system. But people sneak things into jail all the time. So someone snuck someone a phone in. Someone snuck in a cell phone. And people sneak in drugs. There's a really big problem with drugs in jails. And I guess Heather got um, in trouble with the local version of meth in jail. So, and since being... It's a drug. It's a drug. Um, Not a good one. Makes you you do bad choices. Not medicine. Yeah. Bad things. Bad stuff. Um, So, yeah. And Heather's been having an oddly good time in jail. She's been hanging out with her lover Raphael. Okay. She's been able to see her daughter regularly. Okay. And I'm fine with that more for the daughter than for her. Yeah. What about Tommy? Tommy only gets to see his daughter about once a month. He doesn't get to see her as much. I meant about Tom like her They don't like they're not getting along right now, babe. Oh, so it's just her and Raphael. Yes. Yep. Yep. And her and Raphael are, I don't know when Raphael gets out of jail, because uh, she's in jail with Raphael. Heather. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It it kind of speaks to possibly a, a home of abuse, right? Absolutely. If jail is fun and preferable of an experience to where you work. 
like yeah. Gypsy Rose, right, has mm-hmm. talked about jail in a somewhat positive yeah. way. Um, simply because of the abuse that she was suffering at the hands of Dee Dee. And so that almost makes me go, there was some shit here. If jail seems preferable, but then she never was able to tell the truth. Yeah. And that's So it's thing. hard to believe. Yeah. I think that it was a mix of a lot of different things. And I think that Heather developed, unfortunately, a personality disorder that was not treated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we always say, you know, go to therapy, yeah. take care of yourself, mental and health is health. I think that health. losing her father at such a young age and not having that bond with her mother probably exacerbated a lot. It does stuff. Is she like? She's she's not well. She's sick. She's sick. Physically? No, not different. Like, not a physical illness, but um, a mental illness. Which is still illness. It's the same as a physical illness. But the problem with people that have untreated mental illness and then hurt other people is that it throws this sort of thing into a conversation of like mental health being evil, which is not the case. It's not that people with personality disorders are dangerous, it's that she was dangerous and she had a personality disorder. And that was what family members have said. Um, Tommy's mom back in the States has tried to get custody of Stella, but she's... It's an international immigration case. It is. It's really complicated, but Heather has said that she's going to stay in Bali for those exact issues. Yeah. And I kind of don't blame her. No. I guess Indonesia focuses a lot on rehabilitation. Something that the United States should try. Yeah. But I, I don't know. She she has expressed remorse, so she's felt bad about it, but then she's then gone back and said, I changed my mind. I don't feel bad about it. Right. And that, to me, just screams but, but something's not, not You're the, just saying what you need to say. Yeah. Wow. It, it's... It was a wild one. Privilege! Well, rich privilege. Still, like... What do you think? This was messed up. Like... Folding your mom into a suitcase. Don't do that to me. I mean, if I... I mean, I love my mother. But if I was trying to get away with murder... Bro. I'm I'm not... I did... I wasn't... I didn't like him. Bro. (laughs) Bro. You've thought about this. Have you thought about this? No! (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. You're just saying, if you did, what would you do? No, if I was, like, in Heather and I was trying to kill my mother, Uh bending the body, it isn't going to work. You chop it up in pieces. Bro! We're going to commercial break. Okay, so <clears throat> now I'm regretting maybe this case after Fiona just sort of alluded to the fact that she has plans to right. murder Watch me yourself. and fold me into a suitcase. I don't want to give her ideas, but 
<laughs> but we're going over to England again. Okay. okay. We're going to Newcastle this time. Oh. And the year is 1968. Ooh, way back. So, on July 31st, 1968, a boy named Brian Howe, who was three years old, was found strangled and killed in an area known as Scottswood. And he had an M carved across his abdomen, and there had been scissors used to cut off his hair, his legs, and to mutilate other parts of his body. Oh, poor baby. What was even more frightening is that only two months before, another boy named Martin Brown, who was four years old, had been found in the same area. And there had been a handwritten note that said, I murder so that they may come back. Or I may come back. I murder so that I may come back. I murder so that I may come back. Okay. So obviously at this point, law enforcement is getting nervous because this is very much the signs of a serial killer at work. So they start looking in the community and they start asking some questions um, and interviewing children in the area, like those that would have been the boys' peers. And the children have stories and it's one that the cops were not prepared for. Oh. Because apparently two little girls named Mary and Norma Bell, no relation, they weren't related, uh, but they both had the last name of Bell, um, had been acting super, super weird. So let's talk about Mary and Norma. Norma was 13 years old and Mary Bell was 11 years old in 1968. She had just turned 11. I remember this case now, yep. So very close to your age, Fiona. And... According to a witness that had been interviewed, Norma had seemed super excited <laughs> about the murder um, and was like smiling and like happy about being questioned when the cops were going around the neighborhood. Like it was a big joke. Oh my. Um, and Mary had also been acting strange. Like the day that Brian's body had been found, um, she had rushed to the cops to, like, give them this story that she had seen some, like, eight-year-old messing with Brian, uh, hitting him, and playing with a pair of scissors. Um, the problem was that the boy she said was at fault had been at the airport. Like, they were able to confirm it pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and nobody knew about the scissors. Oh, no. That wasn't a known fact in the case. No one had put that in the papers. So only someone that had been there could have known about the scissors. So suddenly, they're looking at an 11-year-old girl for murder. So let's talk about Mary's background a bit. Mary's mother was pretty young uh, when she had her daughter. Um, there was addiction, um, and her mother was an SW, 
in the 60s. Mm-hmm. It's someone that works with adults. And that's what I'm going to say. That's all we're going to say. And hopefully our listeners understand what I'm saying. Um, but young and living that lifestyle in Newcastle, which is um, and was like more middle class, lower income and trade. Um so there was a lot of poverty in the area and her mother struggled with poverty and addiction. Um, and because of all of this, Mary's upbringing was very chaotic and her mother was pretty abusive to her. Um, mm-hmm. Like she would beat Mary, burn Mary, say awful things to Mary. Um there was a lot in Mary's background where it's not surprising, right? Mm-hmm. It's not surprising that she ended up the way that she did. Um, With a very antisocial personality. Major antisocial personality disorder. Um, and, like, because of her mother's abuse and the lack of a father figure, none of it's super shocking um, that she absolutely killed these two boys. So... Norma and Mary are arrested, as you would expect. Yeah. And Norma very much separates herself from the first murder. She says that I wasn't there. That was 100% just Mary, who had literally turned 11, like, a month or two before that first murder. But she had played a part in the second murder. Um, And the cops find out that the girls had broken into a school nearby um, to, like, scrawl these messages of just joy over being murderers. So, um, oh, yeah, sorry, the medicine has kicked in. But going back to the abuse that Mary had likely suffered and what led her to this point, um, apparently her mother had thrown her out a window. Oh, my. When she was very young, which obviously did some brain damage specifically to her prefrontal cortex which as we know is like the center for decision making and yeah impulse control yep. and she was 11 right yeah. like fiona do things feel permanent to you yet no it's like if you get in trouble right now do you feel like you're gonna be in trouble forever forever no no no, no. There's, like, not a sense of permanence. And so it's, like, understandable that a child with that level of trauma, an inability to have impulse control, mm-hmm. and, you know, a predisposition for violence, having witnessed having violence, been the having been violence. the victim of violence, it's not surprising but it's still really sad. So obviously Mary goes into the prison system as the youngest killer in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Possibly one of the youngest killers that I'm aware of. Yeah, I think I it's usually touted as like one of the like the big to do cases for like can you believe right. the 11-year-old murderer. The 10 most shocking and twisting cases of true crime in the 20th century. <laughs> Buzzfeed. On Buzzfeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
What? Did she go to juvie instead of real jail? Um, That's a really good question. (laughs) She was only 11. Right. She was only 11. So um, I'm trying to find it. But the charge that she was given or the sentence that she was given is my favorite thing. It's detainment at her majesty's pleasure, which which meant that (coughs) there wasn't like a specific sentencing. It was just kind of like a until I feel you're good sort of situation. So apparently she spent 12 years in various jails um, and then she was freed at the age of 23. Um, And she was also granted a new identity. Okay. So that she could obviously escape all of the media that would be following her around forever. And didn't she get into something... medicine has kicked in i'm confusing cases (laughs) i do that all the time but apparently about four years after she was released from jail she became a mother herself um and her husband and her are living are her daughter and her are living in her hometown um at tyneside or they were but they didn't stay long so um fun fact though while she was, like, in hiding under this new identity, she did help contribute to the biography called Cries Unheard, the story of Mary Bell, which was, like, giving people insight as to how she Mary became Mary. Um, and she talked a lot about the abuse that she suffered at the hands of her mother. Um, so the fun fact about it, though, was that the UK government was so pissed that Mary was going to make a profit that they tried to block its publication. Um, It didn't work. Obviously, she won the battle in the high court (laughs) and she's getting money, like a lot of money for her infamy to raise her daughter and to start a new life. And like, I'm kind of not mad about it. Maybe she is rehabilitated. And she doesn't like anything. She got a whole new life. Mm -hmm. And if, if she was given such a bad start that by 11 she had killed two little boys. It's yeah, possible. She kind of didn't really... Ugh, she, she didn't have real concrete idea of right and wrong. Well, and that's why this one is so hard, right? And why I get really uncomfortable when it comes up in those BuzzFeed lists. Because it's like... Is this truly, like, a criminal mastermind? I don't think so. No. She was like, yay, the cops are here! Interrogate me! Right, because she genuinely didn't understand the longevity of the consequences. And you don't at that age. You're not supposed to. And then I look at her, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't think she would murder anybody, but she also has had a better start than most, and especially Mm -hmm. Mary Bell. But, like, yeah, that one's tough. It's a baby. That's a kid. I mean, we did it again. Our cases kind of match. We've got young killers. Young girls. Young girls. That were probably victims of abuse. Yep. So, really, this is just a very. I'm kind of not mad at their rehabilitation. Like, I'm kind of not mad that, that Heather and Stella get to be together. 
Yeah. Like I'm kind of not mad that Mary Bell got to got to have a fresh start. Like, uh, oh. but there was so much ugliness that came with it. I mean, it def- they definitely weren't cases where you have any expectation of them doing it again. Like, I don't think that Mary is a threat to society as an adult now. And I don't think that Heather likely is either. Like, it was very specifically her mother. Yeah. And untreated mental illness. Um, did she get thrown out of the second floor window or the first floor window? So it didn't say. I'm going to link my my articles as I always do. It didn't say. I would assume that she was young enough where it didn't really matter. Because yeah. your little brains are so squishy when you're tiny. But jostling them is really bad for them. It's really easy to do damage. And normally you guys are great at doing damage yourself. You'll just like run into a table and bounce back and giggle. You did that all the time. It terrified me. But it was enough for there to be lasting prefrontal cortex damage. No, you have no. no damage. You're just funny. I mean, you fell down the stairs once, but you were fine. And the ambulance was called. But you were fine. You were totally fine. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I don't want to see a child in jail forever. And so this one was a weird one for me, as is Heather Max. And as always, I'm impressed with us. Yep. <clears throat> crazy what did you think fiona uh the heather one was kind of ridiculous uh yes smacked to death with a bull that's not a great way to die i would rather die getting eaten by sharks okay okay all right fair you can order Uh, that the 11 year old uh girl Uh uh-huh um next like if you do like like if any other like i'm just saying if another kid is going to... <laughs> Why are you putting your hand up to me? Just because say what you're going to say. You freaked out. Just say what you're going to say, bro. Are you going to say you want to murder me? No. Then what are you going to say? Just I'm say it. Say, next time you don't go like, yay, the police are interrogating me. And if, like, they don't mention anything about scissors or... Like, don't tattle on yourself? Yeah, don't be like... Isn't that what we always say to you, though, Fiona? Be a better liar. Like, stop tattling on yourself. Because you're, you're terrible. terrible, terrible liar. I think it's one of your greatest qualities. But, yeah, you keep trying. Kids keep trying. You just have to learn that you suck at it. Like, all of you, obviously. Mary, you really suck at murdering. Yeah. Well, well, unfortunately, she didn't. That's she, what happens when you're 11. Quite effectively. She killed him. She just didn't get away with it. She but. Yeah. Yeah, that's really sad. Babies. I have a cousin that is four. Mm-hmm. This just makes me... Ro-dog, yep. Ro-dog, ro-dog. Yep. Uh, this, this just... Sad. Babies. But I was like, <laughs> am I with your murder? Fiona wants you to do better. <laughs> I do want you to do better. And I, I can't fault you for that. But it does make sense, though, right? In that she was 11 and she was getting picked on by someone bigger than her. 
And so she needed to pick on someone smaller than her. And at 11, what's smaller than you? Babies. Babies. What happened to her friend? Norma? I think Norma went to jail. I didn't find much out about Norma after the fact. Like, Mary became really the headline, and obviously so, because she was the youngest. Um, But I would assume that Norma sort of had the same story, except that the media was less interested in what Norma Bell was up to. It's a good question, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's England, right? A lot of people have the same names. Lots of Bells. But yeah, that is the case. It was a good, it was a good time. It was a good link up. I'd like to thank our special guest star Fiona for joining us. And as an FYI, Fiona will be available more doing some of her own cases on our Patreon. Right? Mm-hmm. You've been researching some like child-approved cases. Yes. Um, Don't tell us what it is. Don't tell us. I'm not going to tell you. But we have a case picked out. And so I'm going to I'm going to get the outline together and we're going to tell mommy the story. So if you want to be there for it, you can check us out at High Crimes and Misdemeanors on Patreon. Search us. Our logo's right there. Contribute whatever you can. We don't have tears. I'll do that eventually, I swear. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Where else are we? Uh, we are on all of the podcast platforms, the Spotify, the Apple, the Google Yes, and if you could leave us a five-star review on any of the platforms just listed, we'd super appreciate it. It helps us reach more people that might think we're fun. Yep, um, you can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at High Crimes VT. Uh, you can also send us an email at highcrimesvt at gmail.com. We would love to have your case suggestions or just hear from you. We like you. We appreciate that you keep coming back, even if we're worried about your mental health. And I think that's it. Oh, that's it. What else do you got, Fiona? Uh, if you want more content with me, Patreon support. Woo woo! Woo woo! That's right. Um, so take us away. Alright. Stay elevated and stay safe. I'll do my best. Bye. Bye! Bye.